Well, good morning. I invite you to turn in a Bible to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. If you have a Bible here in the West Auditorium, if you don't, there's some of the Purex you use, or maybe you have a device you can just point to where you want to go. Uh, also in the East Auditorium, good to have you. There's some folks there with some few Bible or some Bibles there they can get to you as well. And as you turn there, I assume a lot of you are like me, that uh, if you are in a situation where you have to go to uh, the mechanic, uh, that one of my least favorite things to hear when you're already in for you know, hundreds of dollars maybe on a repair or hundreds of dollars on new tires is to hear as kind of a last thing, oh, and by the way, your wheels alignment is off. And the reason I hate hearing that is because I know that technically I could drive right out of the mechanic's garage, not spend the hundred bucks, and technically be just fine. I know my vehicle's still gonna get me from point A to point B, and, you know, still have an extra hundred bucks in my pocket. But if I'm honest, I realize that the car's trajectory as I travel does seem to pull just a little bit to the right, ever so slightly, and I'm constantly having to correct the steering just a little to the left to keep the thing on the road. And then, you know, you know, 30,000 miles down the road on what's supposed to be a 60,000-mile tire, my mechanic says, hey, by the way, you might now want to start thinking about new tires. And I'm like, what? Because... Sure enough, you look closely and you can see those wear patterns have started to, you know, over time in the same spots, the wrong spots have, you know, created this tread pattern that could risk down the road, uh, you know, potentially a blowout. And so I think about that as we think about our lives and the alignment of our life and the reality of what it looks like for us to live with a misaligned heart to the heart of what God has for us. Uh, that if we've looked at here in the last several weeks you've been with us, we've been talking about how when we live our life looking through the lens of these things that shape us, these sore spots, these kind of like a filter or like a lens, like almost like on a camera, it just kind of jades everything we see uh, to really, yeah, we can still get to point A and point B, you know, fair enough in our lives, just fine, but if we pay attention, we can see that we can feel that constant pull, maybe ever so slightly to the right as we are figuring out how to keep our life straight. All the while, uneven, misaligned for a life that, again, maybe rides fine enough, but if we're honest, just not as it should be. Because a heart and a life, if left unattended, that's misaligned in this way, it could lead to, you could say, a blowout. You know, unchecked anger could lead to a blow up at work that leads you to the wreck of losing your job. Or perhaps pornography or sexual addiction issue could pull your marriage into the ditch. Or maybe it's insecurity and pride that plays out uh, that um, just has you, you could say, just plowing right through or right past important relationships in your life. As the iconic proverb says, pride comes just before the fall. And so we're in this series recognizing the realities of all these things that have been poured into our lives that are shaping the way and aligning or misaligning, we should say, uh, much of the direction that our lives are heading. Uh, the series has been called Above All Else. Well, it's going to continue to be called that. It's called Above All Else, and it's based on Proverbs 4.23, which says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Or maybe if we wanted to, you know, kind of take it from the, um, 
the, uh, we might say like the mechanics car and driver paraphrase translation, we could say it this way. Above all else, keep your heart's tires aligned because everywhere you go is based on it. Proverbs 27, 19, uh, it, it speaks to it this way. It says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. That just like you could say water or a mirror reflects the face, our life pulls the direction of its heart's alignment. That that direction is determined by whether you're aligned or misaligned with the heart of God. And so this series, and thus really everything we're after, it's about getting our heart and in turn our life aligned with God's. And so for us today, Proverbs chapter three is really, it's the perfect passage of God's instruction on how we can get our alignment in touch with his. The Proverbs says it this way. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. See, these last few weeks, we've been identifying where in our lives we have been, quote, leaning on our own understanding. Where our hearts have been misaligned, we've said, through various life shapers. And as we've had events and experiences and environments that have affected us negatively, which then in turn lead to what we've identified as sore spots, these pain points that we view then, again, this lens of ourselves as how we view God, as how we view others. And then out of that, we are living, really because it's a faulty foundation, we live what we call a, out of a faulty logic, our, our jaded experiences based on what we are calling our own little t truth, just based on our own experiences, driving what we understand to be true, which leads to undesired outcomes. Whoops, shouldn't move that. Sorry, everyone else who needs that to be where it says. All right. Uh, undesired outcomes because of a misaligned heart with God, and that just lives on repeat. And so Pastor Wayne, last week, uh, as we've really camped out in this life experience map over the last couple weeks, uh, last week he really gave us a choice. Uh, actually, I would say it's the choice, the crux of this whole series, this decision point where we make the choice to move from a life experience-based map solely to what it looks like to have a God-edited map by choosing God in hope, in faith, and in trust, like to actually choose hope for a better future through faith in God by actually trusting he really does have a whole new approach to life for you. And so Pastor Wayne, he showed us from the prophet Isaiah uh, that the same promise to his people Israel 2,500 years ago, because our God is the same, his character remains, is the same promise to us 2,500 years later. And it says it this way in Isaiah 43, 19. Prophet God, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, says, see, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing because that's what God does. He does new things. He's not done with you. He's not done with us. Yes, he is doing a new thing. And now he's kind of calling us to it. He says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so starting really today and over, you could say, the course of the second half of this series, we are gonna look at how God wants to move you from a misaligned life experience approach to life to a, quote, make a way in the wilderness, to flowing streams, to what might feel like, honestly, a wasteland of sore spots that make up much of your life. And to move through that to a God-edited, aligned with him, doing a whole new thing kind of life.
And so for us to do that, the first thing we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to identify where are our, you could say, little T truths that we are operating on solely based on our experiences, which in turn are, we're talking about also today, we're calling small S strategies. These are how we actually functionally operate our lives relationally, emotionally, spiritually, that are leading to repeated undesired outcomes. And so what we're gonna do over the course of, really not just today, this is just the tip of the iceberg, what we're doing here in the sermons, but really on your own this week, so through some homework we're gonna provide, is you're gonna discern how to understand how to capture what we're gonna call God's big T truth, where our faith, our trust, our hope are actually aligned with the new thing that he wants to do. Capital T truth and what we're gonna call capital S strategies, God's actual way that he wants to functionally live our lives so that we can discover the desired outcomes that he has for you and for me, okay? So that we can actually live out this passage we're looking at today. So we can live the kind of life that trusts in the Lord with all of our heart, that leans not on our own understanding, but in all our ways submits to him so that we can allow him to make our paths straight. And so diving into this, you could say life experience cycle, here's how this all works. So our little T truths, uh, these are, by definition, you could say the truths again, we've concluded based on our own experiences, based on our own limited understanding, that kind of back to our illustration, maybe keep pulling us off the road, which then in turn leads us to course correct, to kind of get the thing back on the road uh, through what we call our small S strategies, where we're functionally you know, leaning on our own um, understanding. So maybe an example of this for you or for me or for us in our lives. Say, for example, because of a negative life shaper and a sore spot in your life, you have, you could say, the sore spot of maybe inadequacy or a sense of insecurity. And because of that inadequacy, you maybe would say to yourself, you know, I don't have anything to contribute, so why try? Or maybe for those who have like a sense of insecurity, you might say, you know, if people really knew the real me, then they wouldn't accept me. They would reject me. And so in real time, real life, maybe, maybe you're in a small group here as a part of life of the church, and someone in the small group maybe off to the side shares something very personal with you. And as you hear them, these alarm bells start going off in your head thinking, okay, that's great, but I can't open up to them the way that they just open up to me. They won't accept me. They'll reject me. I'll lose the relationship. Or, or maybe again, this real time, maybe your spouse is kind of in an off mood, we'll say. And you conclude immediately, well, I've done something wrong because of insecurity or whatever the case may be, it's my fault, something's gone, when maybe in reality, it has completely nothing to do with you uh, that has something completely different that has your spouse feeling off. You see, the big problem, Dr. Charity Byers, the uh, co-author of the material that's guiding us through this, she says it this way. She says, what feels true isn't always true. And then speaking from just personal experience in her own counseling practice, she says this. She says, how many times have I heard people so adamant that what they feel in the moment is reality? But the sore spot, it isn't a reliable and trustworthy source of information. It keeps us stuck in a human point of view. It keeps us stuck in that life experience map. And so, Based on, you could say, our misaligned little T-truth experiences that are trying to pull us into the ditch, we then course correct to get our life back on the road with these small S strategies. And, and this is important because your 
your behavior is actually way more strategic than you might give yourself credit for. That the way that you operate to, um, you could say, cope, compensate, or really respond is driven so much by these little T truths and experiences that we've lived out in our lives through these strategies that keep our life on the road. For example, it plays out maybe for some in a strategy of hiding. You know, hiding is where we put on a front, a mask, uh, you know, to just try to stay invisible to make sure that we avoid being unaccepted or rejected by someone. Another example would be living in denial, uh, just pretending that problems that are all around you just aren't there. Or another strategy is to take control. To take control, which, you know, maybe makes sense. If it's worked for you, you know, things are really difficult and you take control and you want to keep things as they should be, maybe convinced that around every corner the worst case scenario is out to get you. Or another strategy is actually to achieve, to accomplish and to do more and more to keep you feeling okay and affirmed. And it's tricky because it's subtle. It's subtle because the strategies we're using, they, they don't even sound really like bad ideas to begin with, you know, things like work hard or plan ahead, you know, focus on other people instead of yourself. Uh, and in fairness, these small S strategies, they were formed because they worked for you under certain circumstances. And you have maybe consciously or subconsciously decided that some version of the if it ain't broke, why fix it is working for you. But the truth is, as Dr. Bias, Byers points out, she says this, and I love this quote and I hate it at the same time. What once helped you survive often becomes the very thing that prevents you from thriving. I'll read that one again. What once helped you survive could very much be the very thing that prevents you from thriving. I heard it said this way, I thought of it last night, that what gets you, or I've heard the phrase, what got you here won't get you there. You see, the problem is that these strategies, they can move and cross into the line from, you could say, momentary moments of coping to full-on ways of living that are preventing you from healing, that are preventing you from living, uh, as Jesus calls, life and life to the full, that in John 10.10. It's preventing you from living out the passage to trust in the Lord, to not lean on your own understanding. That we live in this pattern of small t truth and small s strategies that we live lives that conclude, I'll fail, so I won't try. It could go wrong, so I won't risk anything. It's all on the line, so succeed at all costs. No one is trustworthy. So keep your guard up. And these patterns, stuck on repeat, they are rotating over and over and over, really creating these negative patterns, these things that lead to you know, potential blowouts like broken relationships, tolls on our physical health, uh, the inability to totally surrender to God, or bad habits that do potentially run into the land of addiction. It's stuff like this that leave us feeling uh, like the confession of the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, who says, for I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, it's this that I keep on doing. It's this cycle of leaning on our own understanding. 
And so when we end up holding tight to these little T truths and these small S strategies in our life, uh, if we don't evaluate them, if we, if we don't you know, get into and understand what's happening, they can become these just blind subconscious anchors and guideposts that just move and direct everything we do in our life, which ends up getting us stuck in just the same old loop and the same old broken system with the same old results and having no idea how to create new ones. Really, it's the result of, might call it the opposite of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. If you read it the opposite way, it's a kind of life that says don't. Don't trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, you know, just lean on your own, you know, little T truth, experiential understandings, and in all your ways, just submit to your own life's strategies. And you will make your path straight. You will keep your life on the road by white knuckling your way to taking that misalignment of your life and making it work to keep it on the road of life. So in order to shift our lives, you could say from the opposite of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 to an actual Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, there's a key word in that verse, and that is the word submit. Submit your way, surrender your way, surrender your little T truths and small S strategies to God's big T truth and capital S strategies, that we would invite him to, uh, I love this word, to transcend, to like, it's, I think of like, like, like a wild card in, in some sort of game, like it just trumps everything else that we've come to understand, that God's will and ways, that when we submit our little T truths and our understanding, our will and ways, we then are freed up to experience his will and his ways in the actual living of our lives, so that we can live a Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 that reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, big T truth. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your small T truth experiences or the small S strategies that get you by. But in all your ways, submit. Surrender to him, his capital S strategies, and he will make your paths straight, which leads to desired outcomes, which we're gonna dig into more next week specifically. A well-known verse of Jesus, or from the words of Jesus, reads it this way. It says, then you will know the truth. You will know the capital T truth, and that truth will set you free. That's what we're after, his truth. And, and I love the way that um, uh, American author David Foster Wallace, he added a, a little texture to this verse, saying it this way. It says, the truth will set you free, but not until it is finished with you. The truth will set you free, but not until it's done its work in you, which means we've got work to do. That in order for the truth to do its work in us, we have to do the work to discover and implement and live in God's truth on our own. And so as I referenced a little earlier, this is the tip of the iceberg. The real work is outside of this time together. And to help you do that, to kind of carry on what we've just started as a conversation here in the room throughout the weekends, each weekend we are providing on your own experiences to do the work to actually settle into some of the understandings it's gonna take in your own little T-truths and strategies to understand what God has in mind. 
And so if you're maybe newer with us or maybe missed a few weeks or a week here and there, you can catch up on any of the messages along with the On Your Own worksheets by going to firstdecatur.org slash above all else. So we have all of that there. And then if you're in the building here today, either in the East Auditorium or the West, we also, we also have uh, the, the physical printouts for you that you can grab at our resource table out in the lobby. And so this week, what you're going to discover in the on-your-own uh, experience is you're going to identify, okay, what are your misaligned little t-truths and the small s strategies that are steering your life, that are stuck on repeat, giving you these undesired outcomes, and then through prayer and a whole lot of looking at God's word, we've got a lot of scripture for you to look at, uh, you will discover God's pig t-truth and his capital S strategies for the desired outcomes to align your life with his, beginning again in a new way this week as we carry out the rest of this series. Because here's the truth. Truth, actual truth, by definition is singular. You think about that, I mean, truth, there's only one truth. They, they, anytime you put a pronoun, well this is my truth or your truth, it kind of eliminates the actual definition of what actual truth is. There's only room for one truth, one voice of truth, and that is God's. Jesus, again, John eight, he says that if you hold to my teaching, then you really are my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth then can set you free. We have to be able to know the truth in order to let the truth set us free, and to be his disciples, to follow him. And so this week, as you move forward and to functionally trusting in God's big T truth uh, over your own little T truth, I wanna give you some examples to kind of just get your thinking going as to like, okay, rubber to road, what does this actually look like uh, in my life? And so here's some examples of how God's big T truth can transcend our little T truth. For example, some of God's truth, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It's a, a situation where the Apostle Paul, he's in a difficult spot. He has prayed to God time and time again, says, God, remove this thorn from my flesh. Uh, and he asks over and over, and God, doesn't. He doesn't take it away. He doesn't change his circumstance. He doesn't remove this thorn, but instead, God responds to his prayer this way. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is actually made perfect in your weakness. I also both love and hate this verse as well, this irony that this is how it's supposed to work. But Paul, again, leaving behind his own understanding, chooses God's in the midst of that difficulty and says, okay, therefore, I will even boast. I'm gonna brag all the more about my weakness because that is where Christ's power rests in me. Powerful truth. And so, rubber to road, maybe, again, your sore spot to kind of go back to the insecurity or a sense of inadequacy. A big T truth statement coming out of that passage for your life could be, hey, I don't need to have you know, all the intelligence, all the talents, all the, the attaboys, the accolades, because, capital T truth, Christ's power lives within me, making me better than I could ever be on my own. That's God's big T truth trumping a little T truth and a sore spot of insecurity or inadequacy. Or how about our passage for today? Truth, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And so with this verse in mind, maybe you have a sore spot of worry and fear that seems to dominate your life. And so you might have, you could say, this little T truth and this little S strategy that you've been living by that, hey, you know, good leadership, 
Taking responsibility means taking control and keeping control and staying in control. But God's big T truth would tell you otherwise. It would tell you that trusting God's sovereignty means letting him. Letting him be in control, which means I don't have to anxiously anticipate and over-prepare for everything that could go wrong, that might happen. So you see how that works, how we trump our little T-truths with God's big T-truths? And then as we do that, as we trump our truth with his, we then are able to align the strategies, the actual way that we live our life based on our truths, kind of you could say aligning our actual life's tires with God's leading to the desired outcomes. For example, a capital S strategy example for you and for me would be uh, perhaps live vulnerably. Live vulnerably, openly, authentically in relationships with people you trust. And that would be based on God's Big T truth, such as James 5.16, which, again, only can take place in a trusted relationship. Can you confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you could find healing, so that you may be healed? Or how about this? This truth from God's word, Galatians 6.2, only in a trusted relationship can you carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you're fulfilling the law, the way of Christ. Or Proverbs 27, 17. Can't do this outside of a trusted relationship. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so we live openly and vulnerably in trusted relationships. Another capital S strategy could be for you, depend on God by choosing to be more God-reliant than self-reliant. It's when we're God-reliant that we are living in the truth of Psalm 62. Where it says, I can say yes, yes my soul, find rest in God, my hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock, he is my salvation, he is my fortress, and so I will not be shaken. It's when we lean on God, when we're God-reliant that we live out the realities of 1 Peter. Where it says that we can cast our anxiety, cast your cares upon the one who cares for you. Or Hebrews 12, one through two, this is our, our theme verse for this series. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us by fixing our eyes on Jesus, by fixing our eyes on being God-reliant rather than self-reliant because he is the pioneer, the author, the perfecter of our faith. And then of course, when it comes to being God-reliant, you won't do much better than our verse today. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If you wanna be God-reliant, that means you're trusting in the Lord with everything, all of your heart, thus all of your life, because everything we do flows from it. You're not leaning on your own understanding, but in all your ways, you're gonna submit to him. And he, trusting, he will make your paths straight. And so this week, this week, do the work. Do the work. Shift your energy, we could say, from worrying about and battling with external circumstances, external situations that we wish were taken away, but for whatever reason they don't seem to be, and stop focusing, I would say, on someone else. You know, what they are doing or aren't doing, for our battles are not won on someone else's battlefield. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Uh, in fact, I love the way that Ezra Taft Benson puts it. He says it this way, that the greatest battles will be fought within the silent chambers of your own soul. Your battle is not with your circumstance, 
Your battle is not with your situation. Your battle, as much as it feels like it's with somebody else or what they're doing or not doing, your battle, your greatest battle, will not be won on someone else's battlefield, but in the chambers of our own soul, which is where God does his battling. And that weapon that he gives us, that's a whole other passage in Ephesians, uh, is the weapon of prayer and his word and his work within us. And so let's take some time here to pray about his work in our souls this week. Heavenly Father, thanks be to you that you have revealed your big T truth to us. You have it, we have it, we're holding it in our hands and often untapped potential. And so Father, this week as we go, realizing that inspiration and information, they don't get us where we need to go, but it's transformation, your work inside the chambers of our soul that needs to take place. And that's tough stuff, uh, but we're thankful that it's not our own strength, or our own understanding that even gets us there, but just simply submitting, that key word today, surrendering and submitting our ways, our understanding, in a lot of cases, God, our lack of understanding to yours. And we trust you now and in the days ahead to make our paths straight. It's in Jesus' name that we ask this.